<laughs> Sally says sometimes in, into us, I'm excited. Now, the psalmist David said this. This is how it's written in the NIV. My heart, oh, you have to turn me down a bit. My heart is stirred by a noble theme. I will address my verses to the king. My tongue shall be the pen of a skillful writer. Then he's talking about the Lord. He says, you are the most excellent of men. Your lips have been anointed with grace. Since God has blessed you forever. So gird your sword upon your side, O mighty one. Clothe yourself with splendor and majesty. In your majesty ride victorious on behalf of, in behalf of truth, humility and righteousness. Let your right hand display awesome deeds. Let your sharp arrows pierce the hearts of your enemies. Let the nations fall beneath your feet. Because your throne, O God, will last forever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness. You hate wickedness. Therefore, God has anointed you. It's referring to the Lord Jesus. Anointed you above your companions, sorry, has set you above your companions by anointing you. Anyone know how it finishes? With the oil of joy. The oil of joy, anointing with grace. Come and pray for us, Sally, please. Are you sure? <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, thank you that you have given us all authority to pray for things. And today I pray for an anointing of your grace upon everybody in the room right now in Jesus' name. Grace in Jesus' name. And not only grace, I pray for an anointing of joy in the house. Yes, that the Lord. oil of joy would flow from heaven down through your top of your head and down into your innermost being and down into your toes and into your fingertips. And it would completely overwhelm you. And all the stuff that's going on in your life, it would completely overwhelm it right now. In Jesus' name. Be filled Amen. with joy and grace, Amen. my friends. Amen. Lord, I thank you that you come together. You come and join us. So come by your Holy Spirit and continue to inspire this group of people to be your servants and to know when they're serving you that you are so pleased. May they experience that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Gary, do you want to put me on as far as my um, slides are concerned, please? Have you ever sung this?
Hands up those of you who've actually sung it without really realising what you're singing. Okay. Well, you probably, some of you are clever enough to know. So this is from Jerusalem, which starts, uh, And did those feet in ancient times walk upon... Mountains green? Did he come here? Well, lots of people. I, I, do you know, I heard, um, I, I heard um, when I was getting the words for it up to, to put it on that, I heard a story that a church refused to sing that because they didn't believe in it. And I can see why. I can see why, because it's, it's a very patriotic type of song. Did Jesus come and walk here? Through? Amen. Amen. And this was for a wedding. She wanted to sing it at her wedding. And she was so upset that the couple decided to go somewhere else to get married. Because he refused when they were planning the service to sing that. And I thought, do I believe it? And it's exactly what you said, Alan. Um, so I'll have the next slide because this illustrates that the dark satanic mills that talked about there are, were evidence in the end of the seven, uh, 1700s and the early 1800s of something that was really, really horrible. It was communities of people working and earning lots of money by working in mills doing woolen and cotton uh, clothes, which actually cotton clothes, I won't go a history lesson here, but cotton clothes actually helped the health of our nation, would you believe? Um, but the conditions that the people working in were so poor and so horrible, long, long hours, really dreadful places to work, dreadful houses, but... This picture here is of a place called New Lanark in Scotland. Anyone ever been there? Oh, good. A few people have. This place was built to start with. Well, this place was built by a Christian called David Dale. He wanted to build a mill and a community around that mill that would be good place to work. And it was. It's the nice place even now. The river that you're looking at is the River Clyde. And just upstream from where we are looking, there's a massive waterfall. In fact, there are a number of waterfalls which powered the mills. David Dale was then inspired by someone who came to work for him to manage this mill. He was called Robert Owen. Anyone heard of Robert Owen? A few people. Robert Owen is known to be the very first person who established certain things for communities. And out of his work, Robert what, what, what came about was something called the cooperative movement. 
Robert Owen and David Dale established a beautiful place. They had lovely houses where their workers could work. They said no children are going to work in the factory under the age of 12. So if the families had children, they built a school to teach them while their parents were working. They established a shop with good, wonderful produce that they could afford. And they also taxed the paying, what their pay, I think it was a penny at the time, off what they paid. And they put that penny towards a fund so they could employ a doctor for the whole community. That idea is why you and I now pay, if we were earning, (laughs) have to pay, what's it called? National insurance. So this is 1820 that happened. That was long before 1948 when the National Health Service came about. So he was a visionary person, the two people, and they transformed it. Next slide, please. But also, on the same holiday, Marilyn and I went to this place. It's called Salt Mill. And Salt Mill is nothing to do with salt. It was, again, I think a woolen mill to start with. And this woolen mill was built by a Christian man called Titus Salt. Now, Titus was also, this was in the 1850s, chose a site right by a canal... Um, which in those days was a very good form of transport, and he established a whole community which is now called Salt Air. And we went to this community, and Titus Salt established a church there, he established a library, he established a school for his workers, and treated them in really good way. He transformed or made a a transformation in that community. Wonder why I'm telling you that. (laughs) It's the Christian ethos. Thank you. (laughs) It's the Christian ethos that I want to bring to our mind, that we can bring transformation to our neighbourhoods, to our community, to our nation, with God's help. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right, my title this morning, oh no, let's have a look at Titus, there he is, (laughs) bless him, very grand Victorian gentleman, his statue is anyway, never met him, oh yeah, well there's other people like Cadbury's and there's that place in uh, where they make uh, products for cleaning, yes, Port Sunlight, there's all those sort of places, so it happened and it can still happen today. Okay, there's Titus. If we'd like to go to the next one, it says, watch and pray, I think. Now, that phrase is slightly uh, changed from the scripture, um, but I'm going to read you bits of uh, Matthew chapter 24 and 25 to encourage us that this kind of transformation can happen as we are aware, we are watching things, become aware of what's happening around us. Now, it came in a passage, have I brought my Bible? Yes, I have. (laughs) 
It came in a passage that's recording uh, what the disciples asked Jesus. Now, Jesus told his disciples he was going to die and then he'll come back again. Now, I know he came back in resurrection very quickly, but he also talked about coming back to establish a kingdom. So this uh, passage in, in Matthew 24 is about when Jesus is... Uh, talking to his disciples about Jerusalem. They had seen him at one point in time, a bit earlier in the chapter, weeping over Jerusalem because he was aware prophetically that that, that area would be completely devastated. And then he points out at the beginning of Matthew 24 that he says, see the temple, not one stone of that temple will be in a building anymore. And they were shocked. Because that was, he, they, they, he, he was a, a believer, and obviously Jesus was a believer, and he loved God, and they saw him to be the Messiah. And what the Messiah was saying was, that temple will be no more. It will be destroyed. And they were questioning. If he's coming back, what's going to happen? Now, there were three questions they asked Jesus. They said, when will it happen? When will the destruction of the temple happen? When will you return? And what will be the end of the age? There were three questions. And in Matthew 24, Jesus answers them. The only one he, can't, he doesn't tell them is when it will happen. But he does answer the question. So I'm going to read now from uh, Matthew 24, verse 36. No one knows about the day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the days of the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. And this is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, and one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill, one will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch. Because you do not know on what day your lords will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night a thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let the house be broken into. So you also must be ready. Because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the Master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose Master finds him doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth. He will put him in charge of all his possessions. 
But suppose the servant is wicked and says to himself, oh, my master's staying away a long time, and he begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at the hour he's not aware, and he will cut him to pieces and assign him to a place with the hypocrites, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then Jesus goes on to tell them a parable. But before we go on to that, did you notice that twice, well, the two things I've underlined in my Bible is the phrase, keep watch. Those of you who got your Bible open, it's in verse 42 of Matthew 24. Keep watch. And then, in verse 44, be ready. Now, I love the fact that disciples asked Jesus questions. And Jesus gave them answers. Do you ask Jesus questions? He wants you to. Do you know that? You might be totally confused about what's happening in the world and what's happening in your neighborhood. But he wants you to ask questions. Why is that happening, Lord? What's going on? Why is this? And he loves to answer. And when he answers, it usually is to say, pray in this way. That's why my title is Watch, Be Ready, and Pray. Because when you ask the Lord, that's praying, when we're asking the Lord, isn't it? Asking about, about these things. Then he will tell us how to pray. Now, that picture of the servant looking after a household speaks to me of how Paul, the apostle, describes the household of God. Shall we go on to the next slide? Because Paul was talking to a Christian leader called Timothy, and he writes this letter. Timothy was leading a church in Ephesus. And he says to Timothy, I'm writing these instructions to you so that the people that you're serving know how to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the pillar and foundation of the truth, David and Peggy. I hope you're encouraged. The church is to be a place where the truth is known, and it's so strong that it's called a pillar. It's a pillar of God's household. So I'm encouraging us to be servants here in this church, our church, and to be faithful servants in watching and praying. And then the next bit is how Jesus, in his uh, parable, tells us one way we can get ready. So I'm going to read now from Matthew 25. Flowing on, Jesus is saying, At that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. 
The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil from them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. How long has it been since Jesus said he will come back? How, how long is that? 90, what are we, 2019? Year of the Lord, used to say. A.D. It's been a long time. Right. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. And then the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give out some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us. And instead, you go, and who set, go to those who sell the oil and buy some for yourself. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with them to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the others came and said, Sir, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Yes, that's why we need to watch and pray, so we can be ready. So the next slide, please. Oh, by the way, um, I think you probably know what the picture of the oil is, don't you? Why we have to have oil. That's the oil of the Holy Spirit. The oil of anointing that Sally was praying about earlier. We need to be filled with that oil. Have our lamp filled with his oil. Now, I'm going to very quickly uh, look at five slides of different ways we can watch and pray. And I think the first one says, pray in our personal life. Is that right? Yeah. Do you ask questions of Jesus about your personal life? Did you ask Jesus about where you should go on holiday? Do you ask Jesus about how you should spend your money, your time? He can guide you. And that's what we're saying, watch and pray. Around our personal life, there are, there are sons and daughters, there are people who are older than us, aunts and uncles, and there are all sorts of people. In our relationships, in a personal way, in our family life, I believe where we need to start is by praying and by watching what's happening in their life. Next one, please, Gary. We're privileged, Marilyn and I, where we live. We have a neighbourhood in our community. I think that's the next one, isn't it? Yeah, good. And I'm well aware, sometimes, because I'm talking to neighbours, of many of them being unwell. So I'm watching that, and I'm telling our neighbours, I'm going to pray for you. One delightful thing that's happened to Marilyn and I was uh, a little boy who was the son of a couple who lived not far from us, and he was very seriously ill. He was in pain in his babyhood. He was really cried every time anyone picked him up. 
and it took a long time to discover what was the matter with him. But I believe because we and that family and her relatives prayed, God showed what was the problem with him. He had a form of leukemia, which had, because of your, your, your blood goes through your joints and goes through your bones, had really been affected. And he needed intervention. And obviously, medically, they tried, they gave him, uh, what's it called? Uh, what's cancer? Um, chemotherapy, thank you very much for reminding me. They gave that. But also, the family and people like ourselves prayed. We got our home group to pray for this lad. And praise God, at the age of whatever he is now, he is totally well, totally healed, totally restored, and he loves playing football, which he could never have done, humanly speaking, but he can now. And every time I see him, I thank God because we got to know and we could pray for him. But there are others as well that we can pray for in our actual neighbourhood, our neighbours. But what about praying for things that are being built near us? I'm aware of that because lots of houses near us have been knocked down and new places being built. Um, come on to this next door to us in a minute. Um, but there's a lot of change going on. So why is Aldi knocking down Aldi and building a new Aldi? Simple answer is because they need to make money. But it's near us in our community. So we can ask God, why is it that we're going to have a wonderful new Aldi near us? What's that for? Can we influence that place? Can we make an impact on them? So, what changes are happening in our community? One thing that I realised um, is our... Uh, um, I have to be careful here. Uh, yeah, it'd be all right, I think, because I've spoken to the boss people in the council here and they know my attitude. But going back, um, let's say, nine months ago, we had no psych uh, yeah we, that's well i'll have to go back a bit longer a year ago we had no educational psychologists serving our community we had no psychiatrists serving young people in our community and i just felt that's dreadful dreadful so often i'm praying lord what can we do about that and in april of this year Solihull Council appointed a boss person for, so she's in charge of children's services. So she's responsible for education and she's responsible for all the other things connected with children. So what does David do? He writes her a note and says, I welcome you, new person that's been appointed. May you have real wisdom in how you get things sorted out. And I invited her to come and speak here. She didn't, she didn't, come, didn't want to, but she's given me someone else, her right-hand person, to come and speak here in October to say what their attitude is now. 
Fortunately, they've now got a team of uh, two psychiatrists serving Solihull young people, and they've now got a team of about 12, this will amaze you, Anne, 12 educational psychologists. Anyway, I need to move on quickly. Uh, that's about our community. Also, we should be, and it's very hard to do this, but the next one is about prey, uh, uh, about our nation. Okay, so let's watch what's happening in our nation. And I want to wave this at you because this is a glorious book called Your Nation Needs You. And it's about your nation needs you to pray. It's written by a person uh, who runs a ministry called uh, Call to Prayer. Um, Jill Gower, she's called in Norwich. And it's wonderful because it inspires you how to pray for your nation. And I, I won't go on to that too much. But next one, please. We're to watch and pray for our world. And uh, here, <laughs> I've got all sorts of things happening here. Oh, by, by the way, in our nation, this is a couple that came to our church for a little while. Does anyone remember Kia and Negin? Yeah, God bless them. Working now in Manchester. And what are they doing? They're reaching out to people from the um, Iranian, thank you, the Iranian community, and they particularly want to minister to marriages. So that's what they're doing. Um, but also, in the world, we're on world, yes, there's all sorts of books, uh, all sorts of things that can help us. You all know about Open Doors. You probably all know about, oh, I've got Tear Fund somewhere here. Tear Fund, anyway. It's those sort of places, those sort of facilities. So helping us watch and pray. Right, I want to tell you one thing that I'm really excited about, and Marion is as well, because we often pray for Israel. Does it say up there? Pray for Muslim countries as well, places like Syria, but pray particularly for Israel because the Bible tells us to pray for that place and particularly for Jerusalem. But we now have heard and, and met a few people who have been part of uh, communities of Christians, so they're a Christian community, where there are Arabs and there are Jews uh, and there are new people coming in. Uh, so they are a Christian community where those people worship together. Ex-Muslims and, and Jewish people worshipping the Lord together. It's so exciting. Anyway, we'll tell you more about that if you want to. Now, moving on, let's pray and think about our church. If you open this document, which should say, welcome 22nd of uh, whatever, September, in here, there's dozens of things that we can pray about. Lively hearts, stay and play, love, acceptance and healing. Move beyond, which is the young people's stuff. Craft cafe. Then... There's these things called discipleship triplets, which we'll hear more about. And there's all sorts of other things in here. And this book, this leaflet, um, some, some of you get it through the email, but it's a wonderful tool to help you pray into the things. Now, in um, January, in our place, uh, some children will be coming here, a special group, that we call lost and found. They are children who have got, uh, who've been bereaved. 
And by the way, Hannah, I need to get, give you uh, the name of somebody who's rung me about two boys who've just lost their dad and really need help from a school that we know quite well. So that's why they know us and asking for help. Um, and of course, Ray and Olive are going to start in a couple of weeks' time. Is it, Ray? Two, three weeks' time. Going to start something for adults who've been in, bereaved. So there's plenty of opportunities to, for us to bless people. How many of you have ever prayed for the community lunch? Raise your hand, please. Wonderful, thank you. But I'd like us all to do that because we get all sorts of people coming to visit this building. And if the presence of God is here, like I had witnessed from my new friend, wow, what's going to happen as we pray for them that they can meet Jesus here? Right, almost finished. Sorry, Sally. Uh, we're going to pray now. Oh, he's done it already. Did we have watch and pray for our church? Oh, yes, we did. There it is. Oh, yes, that's some bit of news. I hope I've got this right. But soon we're going to be praying more in a, mon in a Sunday morning meeting. Soon we're going to be praying more on a Sunday evening meeting. And soon we're going to pray in all sorts of ways <laughs> during the week together. Right, next one, please, finally. Now, I want us to pray, and these are the subjects I'm just inviting people to come and pray right now about. Um, and I'm going to pray about what I'm going to start us off. Just short prayer like we had this morning with those people. And Sally's got a mic. If you have been asked to come and pray, please do come and pray, right? So, these are the different subjects. And I want to pray right now about that building. Lord... I come to you in Jesus' name, and though I'm upset that that building is there rather than us expanding there, I realize that there are going to be lots of new people living in that block of flats. Though we're a bit concerned about parking and all that sort of things, I pray that you will give us the faith to believe that people who live and start there will not only have a new home, but will come to a new church, will come to a church and will come and they will meet you, Lord Jesus. I pray right now that you will bless that building and all who begin to live there so that they might find Jesus. May this be a wonderful opportunity for us to witness to the people who live in those flats and the people that live in the flats behind this building here, the back of the shops, I pray that people there will come to know Jesus because they're close to us. Amen. So, I've asked a few people if you'd like to come and just pray. Take the mic from Sally and... Or shall I choose you? <laughs> yeah, go on. Sally's going to pray. Thank um, you. Okay, I'm going to pray for health challenges for God's servants. Father, we know that ultimately you are the God who heals, that you are our healer. But Father, we want to, I want to pray particularly for those who have health issues and who are still waiting for you to heal them. Uh, Father, I pray that your grace would be sufficient for them. I pray that as they go through treatments that you would use them to be that light in a dark place. Father, I thank you for the testimonies of people 
who, like Layla here, Father, that people are actually almost fighting to actually sit next to her when she's going through treatment because she's such good news and a great person to be around. And Father, I know there are others in the church who are going through these difficult times. And Father, you talked a lot about us um, allowing us to join in your suffering. And I pray that as people... Um, are being used in these places to receive treatment and um, medical uh, uh, intervention, Father, that your grace would be sufficient for them and that, Father, that you would bring that healing into their bodies that you created and that they would have testimony to share with the rest of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Someone come and pray. I'll Come on then, Craig. Good. David asked me if I would uh, pray for uh, radical action for the less fortunate. James 1.27 says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Lord, we... Uh, we thank you. We thank you that uh, when you were here walking on this earth, it was the poor and the unfortunate that you uh, spent so much time with. Lord, I thank you that you're moving hearts within this church already towards those in our community who are less fortunate. Lord, I thank you that there's action happening through your people here in this church for those who are less fortunate in our community. Lord, I pray that you would uh, ignite that fire even more. That, Lord, we would um, have our hearts expanded in love for those in our community. Lord, I thank you for all that's happening, but, Lord, we... Uh, we want to be moving in your, in your paths, in your will. And so, Lord, I pray that you would keep us in line with you. That, uh, Lord, that we build not on our own strength, but out of your grace and your mercy and your wisdom. So, Lord, uh, bless the work that's happening, that it might multiply and it might impact this world around us. That, Lord, not only that we would meet needs, but, Lord, that lives would be touched for eternity. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. David asked me to pray for, uh, for the church, for the unchurched. I'll step over here so I have feedback. Heavenly Father, we've heard this morning how others are coming in and recognising your spirit in here Jesus you were attractive Father yeah. people wanted to be around you Lord they gravitated to you Father Lord may you increase your presence in our lives Father God may there be that sense that we are different because your, your manifest presence is within us Lord and as that and as you draw people to us, Lord, may you give us the wisdom and the guidance to speak to them and care for them in love without compromise. 
In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. On that list, there's um, a comment that says, let's pray for those who kind of basically need to know God's love. And lots of people here in our church right now have got relatives who don't know God's love. And I wonder if there's someone here who'd like to just pray for that subject, please. Thank you, Anne. Thank you. Um, I remember going back, Dave, for almost 30 years, probably, when Mary and I stood in Alderbrook School and you said, who hasn't got a saved sister or brother? Who hasn't got a saved? And you went through and we kept standing up for everything. And you said, we will pray with you until they're in the kingdom. So, Father, I cry out. I cry out for my family and for all of your loved ones who don't know the Lord. Lord Jesus... Would you pour out your Holy Spirit upon them? Would you woo them and draw them to yourself? Would you help us to be a reflection of Jesus in their lives for them to see? May they be aware of the presence of your Holy Spirit in us. Lord, we just long to see them. We long to see them come into the fullness and joy of your kingdom. Would you grant them the grace of repentance that they may truly turn around in their lives, be born again and filled with your Holy Spirit. That's for our husbands, our brothers and sisters and children and grandchildren who don't know you, Lord. Increase your kingdom, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And I would like to just encourage any of you who would like specific prayer for a relative or even for themselves that are here today to just come forward in a moment when we close the meeting to uh, and ministry team will be available please just so we can pray into those situations so it might be any of the things on that list but I want us to have an opportunity please for us to pray particularly for those who need to know God's love if you personally don't know God's presence with you and God's love in a full way I believe right now at this time if you come for prayer God will do that for you help you do that Uh, it's 12 o'clock so I haven't gone on too long I'm pleased to say but I want us to pray and want us to minister I see some of the parents are having to go to pick up their children but but if you need prayer don't worry we'll look after the children until you come and pick them up okay You wanted to pray, or wanted to be prayed for, or? Oh, good, your ministry team. Okay, ministry team, come forward. We'll, we'll close it now.